Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, October 9th. And two weeks from today will be the last day of Skate America. We are just two weeks from the start of the Senior Grand Prix. We only have one Junior Grand Prix event left, Daphne. This is crazy. I can't believe this. It's going so fast. I feel like this is similar to something that happens when I cover a TV show on one of my other podcasts. We get into the groove and the next thing you know, this show is almost over. Well... I feel like things are just going so fast. The JGP is going to be over. Yes, yeah. The Grand Prix is going to start and then it's going to be over. It'll be Christmas and then we'll be at Nationals. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's just, it is crazy. And this week, it's special because we're going to have two episodes this week. And if you're going to Skate America, I'm giving you this warning right now. You don't want to miss our other episode coming out this week. You really, truly don't want to miss it. You want to tune in for that um, because we have some information about Skate America and we also have a special guest on that podcast. We do. And I'm hoping that that episode will be released on Wednesday. Okay. So stay tuned for that. Wednesday, (laughs) October 12th. We hope to drop that special episode. Listen in. Let us know what you think. One thing also, we wanted to say a very happy Thanksgiving to all of our friends north of the U.S. border in Canada as they are celebrating on the day this podcast drops. Yes. And as always, anything we discuss in our podcast, all the items will be in our show notes. So if we mention something about results and you want to go back to it, you can check it out in our show notes. We won't be saying check out our show notes after every item. <laughs> I feel like we did that in the first few episodes, but now we've kind of gotten in the groove. So we have. These yes, are going definitely. the way we'd like them to. So let's get started. We've got a couple events that took place this week. We so we're do. on to our Yes. So let's start with Finlandia, Daphne. I will say it. I paid for the live stream. It, there was a live stream. It was um, you had to pay for it. It was like twenty five euros, I think. Um, it was a great live stream with a technical box. I had no issues. And the also the other thing that I realized too, we had live results. The like the result page was actually 
updating as the event was going on. So this event had its act together. I think I texted our group and said, Finlandia's got it going. They've got the results live. They've got a great live stream. So it was a really good event. So we'll start with the men. Korea's Jinwa Cha won the gold. Now, if you remember, last week he competed at Napella Memorial, where he won the silver. And he has some fun programs this year. He's doing Michael Jackson for his shore program, and then he's doing James Bond for his free skate. And Georgia's Maurice Kvetalashvili made his season debut in Finland, and he won the silver medal. And he is skating to Elvis for his free skate. Sweden's Andreas Norbach, in his Challenger Series debut, took home the bronze. Now, he won bronze a few weeks ago on the Junior Grand Prix. It's crazy to seeing some of these skaters doing Senior Challengers and then Junior Grand Prix. It's uh, like a lot of these skaters are competing week after week after week. It's kind of crazy. They really are. I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Nikolai Memola from Italy yeah. doing back-to-back events and meddling at both events, which is pretty incredible. Now, I want to mention, Daphne, um, Ukraine's Ivan Shiramato's free skate. Now, he came out wearing the blue cloud costume, I think, that we all remember from the World Championships. And that was kind of different from what he wore at Nebelhorn a few weeks ago. So, automatically, I guess I assumed he was going back to an old program, Mm -hmm. even though it was just only, like, two weeks ago. Um, And I guess I didn't see his skate at Nebelhorn because I Really, this free skate he does, it contains a poem by Forrest Black, and the words are chilling. If you think about what Ivan and his country have been through the past eight or so months, um, I definitely recommend that watching this program. It's a beautiful program with the poem intertwined with the instrumental music by Max Richter and Old Fur Arnolds. You know, Yvonne has a Patreon where you can support his skating. And uh, he keeps people pretty up to date over there on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so he does. We can put a link to Yvonne's Patreon in our show notes so that you guys mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. contribute if you so wish to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that program just captivated me, you know, and then the words, just hearing the words and thinking of everything that's going on. It was just, it brought goosebumps. I, it was it's just chilling to watch, but um, he had a great performance, so. Well, moving on to the women, Korea's Yilam Kim, who won the gold at the U.S. Classic, won her second gold of the Challenger Series at Finlandia Trophy. She was joined on the podium by Che Yun Kim, also from Korea, who won a bronze last week at the JGP Solidarity (laughs) Cup in Gdansk and won the silver medal in her senior international debut. Again, with the jumping back and forth. <laughs> Double duty. They're making the most of these opportunities. Georgia's Anastasia Gubanova, who finished fifth in this event last year, hopped onto the podium this time around, taking the bronze. This was Anastasia's first competition of the new season. Uh, Team USA's Lindsay Thorngren, who had a rough short program as she popped both jumps in her combo, received no points, came back from 14th, in the short to finish in sixth place. So good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a disappointing short program for Lindsay, but I'm glad she uh, recovered in the free skate. Well, moving on to the pairs, Germany's Annika Hock and Robert Kunkel 
won the pairs event in Finlandia. Now they had won bronze at Nubblehorn Trophy. Again, with all these competitions <laughs> skaters are doing, it's crazy. Germany's new team of Alicia Ifomova and Ruben Blomart took home their second challenger silver medal. They won the silver medal at Nubblehorn Trophy. Is well, he a trend here? I know. You know, I pointed this out. Uh, Ava Pate and Logan By have three silver medals in a row. It's just, I mean, this is the way that it goes sometimes. It must be their yeah. color for now. Well, Canada's Brooke McIntosh and Benjamin Mimar, the reigning world junior bronze medalist, they stopped a German pair sweep of the podium by finishing ahead of the third German pairs team of Letizia Rusher and Louis Schuster by a little more than a point. So we could have had a German sweep, but the Canadians came in and took the bronze medal. This is Brooke and Benjamin's first Challenger Series event and the, their first senior international competition. And wow. then I just wanted to, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Valentina Palasas and Maximiliano Fernandez of the U.S. He posted on Twitter, he actually um, quote tweeted, a figure skaters online tweet that I did that they hit 60 and it was 60.40 to be exact in the short program for the first time. And that's breaking their per previous personal best short program score of 56.20, which they got at the U S classic in Lake Placid. So congrats to Valentina Maximiliano for hitting that achievement. That is excellent. So moving on to dance, Canada's Lawrence Fournier-Baudry, Nikolai Sorensen, in their season debut, won the gold medal at Finlandia Trophy. They were joined on the podium by their training mates, Caitlin Hawk and John Luke Baker of the U.S., who won the silver, who were also in their season debut. I really enjoyed the Cuban Pete rhythm dance. It kind <laughs> of seemed, you know, more retro and I noticed some confidence, maybe Olympic-level mm -hmm. confidence mm -hmm. coming from the okay. team. Finland's okay. Julia Turkla and Matthias Versluis won the bronze medal in front of a home crowd. This is the first time that they medaled at Finlandia Trophy. It's hard to believe, and I thought this while I was watching them skate. These were two single skaters who came oh. together to form this partnership they are now entering their seventh season as a team, and gone are the days where they looked like those two single skaters coming together. They have such lovely unison, and the elegance that came through in the performance that they did to the Schubert classical pieces, it was just delightful to watch. So I was really, you know, drawn into their performances. The siblings, Natalie Tashlerova and Philip Tashler of Czech Republic, another performance of that global warming free dance. They've got something going there. I know some people like it, some people don't. I like when artists take current events and put them into their art form. And I yeah. feel like they've done a great job with it. Yeah, this wasn't the first time I saw it. 
And I really liked it. I thought it was very different. I just couldn't take my eyes off of it because I think I was trying to figure out what kind of story they were telling. And then as they talk about like the ice and mother nature, I was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. Um, but when it first started and I saw heard um, NBC's Lester Holt and I was like, okay, what are we doing here? I was, but then it, it, it really grabbed me in. So yeah, I like yeah. It. it. Especially when you hear those familiar voices yeah. and your mind just starts going to, who was that? Oh my gosh, I recognize these voices. Yeah. 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 I really like it. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I really like the concept and mm-hmm. I'm interested to see it grow throughout the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So Green and Parsons were in their season debut. They finished in fifth. They've made some major changes this season, not only changing up their coaching team, but their training location. So they have some work to do. Um, At Nationals last year, they were about four points off from Hawaiian Baker. The gap is bigger again. But I also think when you're adjusting to a new Mm -hmm. coaching team and training location, it can be a lot more than just snapping your fingers. You're, you're mm-hmm. changing things up, and it may take a season or two for them to get back into where they were before or go above it. So I think patience is really important. Yeah, I really liked their Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, um, it was just a, you know, a very classical, delightful program. Um, it's a little different than what we saw with their program last year, which was avant-garde, but it's, I still like it. Um, I love Caroline's um, light blue dress. It's very pretty, but yeah, um, it's going to take them a little time to adjust to the changes they've made before this season. So we'll have to see if how close they can, you know, get back up to, um, you know, Caitlin and John Luke's uh, level there. I think Rhapsody in Blue is a good bridge program for them this season where they have a new training base, but I'm expecting next season, Mm. they're probably going to come out with something that is very them, and I'm all in for it. Okay. Okay. Being being all in, I'm still all in on Yuka Orahara and Juho Perinan's free dance. Love it. Can't wait to see more of it. Wish I was going to get to see it in person. Well, moving on to the Junior Grand Prix in Poland, and this is the second um, Junior Grand Prix we had in Poland. Um, last week it was Sol- Solidarity Cup. This week, Baltic Cup. We'll start with the men. Japan Takaru Aman Katais won the men's event. He will compete next week in Enya, looking to qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. Team USA's Robert Yampolski won the silver medal, his first Junior Grand Prix medal. Now, he finished just off the podium in Riga, so he will need to see if he it's enough for him to qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. He'll just have to wait and see how the chips fall um, after Enya next week. And Korea's Min Kyu Seo won the bronze medal. He finished in fourth place in Ostrava. Well, moving on to the women. Japan's Ami Nakai won the women's event in Gdansk. She completed a triple axel in her free skate along with seven triple jumps. She won the bronze in Riga and that should qualify her for the final. Korea's Jia Shin won the silver in Gdansk. She completed six triples in her free skate. Her only mistake was popping her planned triple sal cow. Since she won gold in Riga, she should qualify here 
for the JGP final. And rounding out the podium, Korea's Min Sol Kwan took home the bronze medal. She was in second after the short program, but was fourth in the free skate after mistakes on two of her jump passes. She won silver at check skate. She will need to wait and see. This is going to be the week of waiting and seeing (laughs) for everyone except pairs. Right, yeah. Pairs are the only ones that they officially have qualified for the Junior Grand Prix. Even though maybe somebody has gotten finished first and second, the ISU has not confirmed them until the final event. So some skaters may have already, like we were saying, should qualify. It's just because the ISU hasn't confirmed that they've actually yeah. qualified. So, Well, rounding out the women, USA's Mia Kalin attempted two quad toes in her free skate, but both were called under-rotated. She finished fourth overall. Yes. Well, moving on to the pairs. This is the last was the last pairs event of the Junior Grand Prix. And actually, when it came to the results, Daphne, it was like almost an exact repeat of last week's event because many of the teams competed just last week in Poland. They competed again this week in Poland, and it was pretty much like almost the same. For the second week in a row... Australia's Anastasia Golobova and Hector Gutapolis more won gold in the pairs event. Now they have qualified for the Junior Grand Prix final, and the last time a pairs team from Australia qualified for the Junior Grand Prix final was in 2017-2018 when the late Ekaterina Alexandrovskaya and Harley Windsor won the gold medal. Ukraine's Valeta Sirova and Ivan Kopata took home the silver medal. They won silver last week in Poland. Again, do we see a pattern here? I think so. Some teams (laughs) have got a color in mind. They have also qualified for the Junior Grand Prix Final, and the last time a pairs team from Ukraine qualified for the Junior Grand Prix Final was the 2015-2016 Junior Grand Prix Final. USA's Sofia or Sonia, whatever you want to call her, Barum and Daniel Tumetsev won the bronze medal at this event. With their bronze in Gdansk and gold at Czech Skate, they have qualified for the Grand Prix final. Canada's Chloe Panetta and Kiernan Thasher finished in fourth place. They finished in third place at Czech Skate and were able to qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. Canada's Ava Ray Kemp and Jonathan Elizarov finished in fifth place. They finished in second place in Riga and will also compete at the Junior Grand Prix Final. The last time two Canadian pairs teams made the Junior Grand Prix Final was the 2012-2013 Junior Grand Prix Final, and that was with Margaret Purdy and Michael Marinaro and Brittany Jones and Ian Berheri. And USA's Kayla Smith and Andy Dang, who did not compete in Gdansk but won gold in Riga and silver at Czechskate, was the first pairs team to qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. So they were already determined before um, this event this week. The first time that the U.S. qualified two pairs teams for the final was in 2011 and 2012 with Brittany Simpson and Matthew Blackmere and Jessica Callanlane and Zach Sadu. Though Jessica and Zach withdrew before the event took place. So I wanted to find out when was really the last time two teams actually competed in the Junior Grand Prix Final. If both of our U.S. teams, Sophia and Daniel and Kayla and Andy, compete, when was the last time we had two U.S. pairs at the final? 
2007, 2008. Oh, I think I even know who they are. (laughs) So moving on to the dance, uh, Poland is a very lucky place for Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont as they won their second straight gold medal, and they're heading to the final for the first time in their careers. Daria Grimm and Mikhail Savitsky from Germany have qualified for the final likely by finishing second here. They were first at their prior JDP event. And then Jordan Lewis and Noah McMillan, who are in their first JDP season, won the bronze in a very deep field. Um, Of course, we've mentioned before, with the cancellation of the JDP in Armenia, a lot of the entrants got shifted to later events. We really appreciate Poland and Italy for widening Mm -hmm. the entry list so that everyone would get a chance to compete. Uh, Team USA's uh, Eliana Peel and Ethan Peel and Helena Carhart and Volodymyr Hirovi finished sixth and eighth, respectively. This has been a kind of a rebuilding year for U.S. Yeah. Ice Dance on the JGP. The only team returning from last year's uh, series is Leia Nesset and Artem Markolov, and they are competing next week in Enya. You know, it's going to be weird not seeing a U.S. team on the Junior Grand Prix for dance mm-hmm. at the Junior Grand Prix final. Um, but it is, as you said, a rebuilding year for U.S. dance um, on the junior level. And um, these teams are, you know, we're going to be hearing about these teams, I think, further on, you know. Um, yeah. Not only on the junior circuit, but I, on the senior circuit as well. So Yeah, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. You have to look back and realize canceling the JDP for a whole year plus, you know, disrupted training disrupted competition series Mm -hmm. is going to cause some issues for a little while um but we have some really young up-and-coming teams too that Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to see out on the series next year as well in addition to a bunch of these teams returning next year yes well Moving on to the Japan Open. Now, a couple things before actually the Japan Open took place. Yuma Kagiyama did not compete due to an injury. Kao Mura replaced him. Uh, Brady Tennell did not compete either due to an ankle injury. And Mirai Nagasu, who was in Japan for the Stars on Ice Autumn Tour, replaced Brady. Now, this event is only free skates, men and women, so there's no pairs, no dance, and retired skaters can take part. So that's why you saw somebody like Mariah Nagasu or Mikhail Brezina, um, skaters who are maybe not competing this season, can take part in Japan Open. So now for the results. It was Team Japan, who we said at the beginning when they announced yeah. the entries, they had a stacked field. Even without Yuma, they still had a pretty good stacked field. Uh, they won the gold with Team North America winning the silver and Team Europe the bronze. Japan's Kaori Sakamoto won the women's free skate and Shoma Ono won the men's free skate. And he won by less than a point over Team USA's Ilya Mullinen. And I just want to say it was 193.80 compared to 193.42. Oh, wow. This mm-hmm. is shaping up. This could be a battle that we see later in the season. Uh-huh. 
Definitely. So. All right. So moving on, the French Masters, which is a, an annual test competition that is held in France. It's normally held during September or October. It's just basically all the French teams and skaters come together to do their programs. Um, it took place this past weekend. The men's event, Adam Xiaohimfa won his second straight Masters. Kevin Amos withdrew after the short program. Um, in the women's event, Lorraine Schild won the gold. Uh, in pairs, Camille and Pavel Kovalev, who are husband and wife, won that event. And in dance, Evgenia Lopatova and Jeffrey Berceau finished with the gold medal. Yeah, well, you can check out all the other results in our show notes there. We just wanted to briefly mention it because we had a lot of events, Daphne, to talk about this week. We do, and I know some junior events took place also at French Masters, so Mm -hmm. there are some results for that as well. And Synchro as well. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Well, let's move on to our general skating news. Uh, This week, the Japan Federation announced that Wakaba Haguchi is planning to sit out the remainder of the 2022-23 season. Um, She did compete at Lombardia Trophy, so we did get to see her, but she wants to focus on her recovery from her fibula stress fracture that she suffered in late April. So wishing all the best to Wakaba. Gonna miss watching her. I always enjoy watching her. I wanted to see her, but I also think that athletes know when their body is not at 100% and it's better to take the time to recover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't want any further injuries. So U.S. Figure Skating and NBC Sports announced the schedule for this 22-23 figure skating season. They have planned more than 200 hours of coverage from October to April. Coverage is going to include Grand Prix events, U.S. Championships, Europeans, Four Continents, and Worlds. And Peacock will stream coverage of every skate throughout the 22-23 season. Um, Press release underlined this, which means streamed, not archived slash on demand. I know that's been a bone of contention. I also understand it completely because I work during the day and I really cannot be watching the performances that I want to watch at any time and these events take place at crazy times so i don't know how that's gonna work um yeah it could be interesting yeah well i guess we're gonna just have to wait and see i mean they just they didn't say anything about there's no archive or no on demand yeah it just was very interesting in the press release that it was underlined that Peacock will stream coverage of every skate. And it so it made me think they're just highlighting the word stream, which means live, and that you won't be able to see it at other times, which is unfortunate, as we, we've said it. It's, and yeah. as fans know, you can't always watch everything as it happens unless you want to be a zombie and wake up at all crazy times or not go to your job or anything else. So... So coverage for Peacock begins with Skate America on October 21st. It will be streamed live on Peacock with 10 hours of live coverage on NBC, USA Network, and E. That should be interesting. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that we're getting coverage. I'm just concerned about it it not being available for folks to watch. Because people don't want to have to hunt all over to find it. Now I'm going to have this... 
Yeah. Now I'm going to have to say, Daphne, we're going to be at Skate America, so I'm not going to be worrying so much about coverage. No. But I usually, when I do go to an event, I DVR the yeah. coverage so I can watch it back when I get home. And so, yeah, I'm not going to be able to go back to Peacock. I mean, I can uh, DVR NBC and the USA Network and E, you know, to get that coverage. But, yeah, uh, it's it's disappointing. Um, you know, we want to grow our sport, and but if we don't make it easily accessible um, to people, that it's... It's hard. It's been, it really is. It's been something that's been discussed for quite a while. It's not only in the U.S., but everywhere talks about how coverage is available for people to watch. And this is a sport that really needs things to be easy. I wish someone would develop a skating YouTube channel that we could just stream <laughs> all of this on. But I understand the whole thing with rights and mm-hmm. with music rights and and all of that, but it, it's just, this is, it's difficult for fans mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah. Um, so finally, under our um, general news, in USA Today this past week, Christine Brennan posted that figure skater Bridget Namiaka, who had come forward as a victim of sexual abuse by John Coughlin, died at the end of July. She was 32. Her family stated that Bridget succumbed to her long struggles with addiction after several very difficult years years of dealing with the trauma of sexual abuse. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Bridget Namiaka. Um, mm-hmm. This is just such a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. So moving on to recent interviews. Hiro Yoshida of Europe on Ice. Uh, They're good friends of ours. I've not been able to meet them in person yet. um, Hero and his husband, Sean, uh, run a website called Europe on Ice. Well, they posted a recent interview that Hero did with Marina Zueva, who is an Olympic ice dance coach, about working with Daisuke Takahashi, who transitioned to ice dance after a long singles career. And they, he and his partner, Kana Maramoto, have not retired. They will be competing um, this season, so we will get to see them. So, yeah. We get to see them at Skate America, I Debbie. know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I saw him skate at the 2011 Grand Prix Final. I have never seen him skate in person. Oh, he he's <laughs> wonderful. Okay, well, I am... Definitely looking forward to seeing them in Skate America. You know who we will also see at Skate America, but is Elia Mullinen. And on the occasion of Elia's quad axle, Nick Sicardi of NBC Sports talked with Vern Taylor, who was the first man to land a triple axle in competition in 1978. Now, Taylor is a coach in Windsor, Ontario. Um, Nick also talked with Kurt Browning, who was the first man to land a ratified quadruple jump of any kind in competition. He did a toe loop at the 1988 World Championships. So if you thought quads were something that have only been done recently, 88 was the first quad, and it was Kurt Browning. Nick also spoke with Yosef Zabacek who was initially given credit for a quad toe loop at the 1986 European Championships, but weeks later it was invalid because he touched down with his free 
but according to reports. So I thought this was an interesting um, article that Nick did, kind of, you know, looking back at some of the history um, in men's skating that, you know, how it's evolved over the years and now with Elia in the quad axle. And so, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Trip down memory lane, kind of. Those are often fun. It's great mm-hmm. to go back and revisit things from the past, especially when those things have had such a big impact on how the skating that we see today mm-hmm. continues to grow. Yeah, because if we didn't have these guys who, you know, the first triple axle, the first quad, we wouldn't have had a quad axle. So, you know, just you, everyone paves, um, the, paves it forward, you know. They accomplish something, and then there's somebody else to accomplish something as it goes. I really like how to see our sport evolve from the past into the future. Me too. There's still so much more that we can see from skating. For the Amsterdam News, Lois Elfman interviewed Alexa Gasparato following her fourth place finish at Middle Atlantic's last month. Alexa is hoping to earn a spot at the 2023 U.S. Figure Skating Championships in the Senior Women's Event. She trains with Roheen Ward in Chicago. Hmm. Well, good luck to her. It's a tough field. I'm going to just say that right now. A lot of senior women trying to make it to nationals. Well, the Future of Figure Skating podcast had Canada's Kirsten Moore Towers as a guest to talk about mental and physical health and the changes needed in the Paris discipline. I got to listen to that podcast. I want to hear Kirsten's thoughts, um, especially on the changes in Paris. Um, I think that's probably really a good conversation. I'm really interested, too, to hear what Kirsten has to say. Mm-hmm. So moving on to social media updates, just a couple. First, happy belated Coaches Day to all the figure skating coaches out there. Lots of skaters were posting photos this past week. It was lovely Mm -hmm. to see. And also, celebrities for the 2023 season of Dancing on Ice were announced. The professionals have not been announced yet. Maybe Mr. Mark Hanready will be returning. Mm -hmm. If he has time. He's such a busy broadcaster now. What about Karina Mantoff? She's the champion, right? I know. Got to defend that title. So some of the participants are Olympic bronze medalist Nal Wilson, um, drag queen and TV personality The Vivienne, actress Molly Gallagher, TV personality Joey Essex, and football legend Josh Fashanu. And by football, it's soccer. (laughs) <laughs> we you can check out um i think the show starts back up in january i believe um but if yeah we'll put that information if you want to see the list of the contestants so far i mean i think they have a, two more maybe to announce or something so well moving on to the upcoming events for the week as we mentioned the last Junior Grand Prix in Enya, Italy, and it is men, women, and dance, because we said Paris is over, so that it will be taking place this coming week. The sixth challenger event of the season is Budapest Trophy, um, and will feature ice dance, women, and men, no pairs. And the Tayside Trophy is an international competition in Dundee, Scotland. It's going to take place on October 15th and 16th. The event will feature 
singles and pairs at the novice, junior, and senior levels. And that wraps up our discussion for this week. Gina, can you let folks know where to find us? Yes, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And then on social media, you can find us on Twitter at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We love your feedback or your questions. Um, If anybody had any thoughts on the Junior Grand Prix or Finlandia Trophy or French Masters, Japan Open, any of those events you want to reach out to us, you can do so on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We really appreciate the support we have received via email and social media. Our numbers continue to grow. We're grateful that you guys are listening and please let us know if there's something that we can do. One of the things that you would ask for it will be discussed in this special episode that's coming up later this week. Um, I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, Daphne. <laughs> me too. So going on over at IDC, we had an interview with Georgia's Grace Feinick and Yegor Barshak. Uh, they competed this past week at the Baltic Cup and they're a brand new team representing Georgia They've only been together for like two or three months. It's a very new partnership, but they're doing really well very quickly. So we're very excited about that. Um, One other thing I want to mention, I'm looking for some new journalists and anyone with WordPress experience that would be willing to help out at IDC. We are growing and with the event season in full swing and podcasting, I really need some help with keeping things up to date on the website itself, updating profiles, adding results, um, anything like that. So if you're interested or know someone who might be interested in volunteering to help out, please reach out to me. You can email me via the podcast email. That would be fine. Uh, Gina, what's going on over at FSO? Well, I posted an article I did with Amelia Murdoch. Um, Amelia, she... um, I think most people know her from the Junior Grand Prix in Lake Placid. Um, She's been on the senior level for a couple years now. She was up in Toronto and she was training with um, Brian and Tracy in Toronto, but she decided to move to Colorado Springs. And this, um, she's working with um, Tammy Gamble there in Colorado Springs. So she talks about that and she's talking about how she is attempting to make it back to nationals. She missed nationals last year, so she's hoping to um, qualify for nationals this year. We should have another article coming out um, this coming week um, from Figure Skaters Online writer Sean. He's just got to get his midterms done first. Uh, He did a really good interview. Um, He actually did the interview in person, so um, I'm really looking forward to reading it, but he just told me it's like he's he'll have it to me. Hopefully this week he's just got to get his midterms done first. So good luck with those midterms, Sean, and then get me that article. I'm just joking. Don't rush. And with that, we have reached the end of our podcast. Please stay tuned for the special episode coming out later this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week.